0: Today, I want to talk about financial principles. Last week, we gave a message called Financial Considerations. Uh, Today, I want to talk through some principles as we help get ourselves out of a a valley. Um, Stats show that 70% of Americans, or 7 out of 10 Americans, are anxious about money every day. And so, I know many of us, in any given season, we're going through some money woes. And so, I felt called this this particular week to dive back into this topic of finances and, and to help us out. The Spirit of God was heavy on me this week to offer some perspective for our finances. And with that, I love the Word of God. Someone say Bible. Bible. I feel like anytime time I get to teach the Bible, it's the greatest honor of my life, uh, as well as being a husband and a father. But there's nothing like communicating the Word of God, having that opportunity to stand before you. And so um, when I gave my heart to Jesus at 19, I I started to devour this thing. And and it was it was a game changer. It's been the X factor in my life. Personally, I believe it's the greatest book that has ever been written. So we we want we want to know what God has to say about about things. And so someone say principle principle. So a principle can be defined as the wisdom of God that leads to a blessed life the wisdom of God that leads to a blessed life. And um, the Bible is full of the wisdom, the wisdom of the Lord. Another way you can define principle is a principle is an inner belief. This won't come up on the screen, but just follow me. It's an inner belief that influences the way that you live. And so it's essential that you are, I think we're all people of principle. I don't know if Our principles are always the healthiest, are always the best, but the great thing about the gift of God's Word is we no longer have to guess which principles to choose. We can just commit ourselves to studying God's Word and getting the Word of God in our hearts and living it out. And so, the principle, the wisdom of God that leads to a blessed life. And so, I want to encourage you to be led by principle, not driven by pressure. When it comes to your finances, I want to encourage you to be led by principle, not driven by pressure or pulled by pleasure. Uh, Pleasure—that—that that thing that you want to buy but you don't really need it—that's when we begin to get into a lot of financial uh, trouble. Is when we we're making these purchases that we really don't need. Um, but be a person of principle. Like if you have a budget, stick to it. If if if. You're going to use that money for something else, stick to it. That's being led by principle. Or when times are tough, um, don't try to force your way out of that season. There are some principles I'm going to give you in a few minutes to help you, but sometimes it's just the Lord, and he's orchestrated a season of, of just enough, and you don't want to buck that season. You want to live according to principle. You want to live under your means. You, wanna, you don't want to spend more than what you have, Because if you do, you're going to be stressed out. And so we want to be led by principle, not driven by pressure, not pulled by pleasure. And so um, someone say financial principles. principles. And uh, the Bible paints this picture of your finances. Um, it, It has a lot of different analogies in scripture, but I'll use this big one. This is one of the more famous analogy of the plan of God for our lives. And you can... You can apply this to your spiritual growth. You can apply this to financial growth. But um, around 1400 BC, the Lord called a man named Moses um, to lead his people out of Egypt. Now, the word Egypt uh, can be translated as sin. So in the Old Testament, it's a representation of our lives before we come to Christ. And when they were in Egypt, they never had enough. So Egypt represents not enough. And then Moses comes and, and God puts 10 plagues on Pharaoh's head. Bam, 10 plagues. And then finally Pharaoh lets them go and he leads them out of Egypt through the dry ground of the Red Sea. And so this represents baptism. They're, they're led by the spirit, but they're, they're, they're led through the Red Sea. And it also represents water baptism. And they enter into the wilderness and, um, Another word for wilderness can be the desert. And so if you've ever been in a desert, you know that it's hot and it's dry and there's nothing in the distance for mouths. And so when you're in a desert, you're sort of somewhat in a valley. Um, but during that season, God was providing them quail every single day. And he was providing just enough. not I'm sorry, not quail, but manna. He was providing them just enough manna every single day. No more, no less. He gave them just enough. So Egypt represents not enough. When you're in a wilderness or in a valley, you're in a season of just enough. But his promise for them was to lead them to Canaan, which was a promised land. And the the Bible says that it was a land flowing with milk and honey, which represents more than enough. And a lot of people, I know you feel stuck between that Egypt and that wilderness. It's either always just enough or it's not enough. Some of you, financially, you're in that Promised Land place and you have margin, but I believe that it's God's plan for every Christian to go from not enough to just enough to more than enough. And you just may be in a season where it's just enough, like you're right there at the end of two weeks, you only have 20 bucks left or a hundred dollars left or, man, you went back into the red again, like I thought, what, what came out of my account? How did I end back up in the red? And so you're in that just enough season. And I just want to encourage you, don't fight that. Don't fight that. Don't be upset about it. Don't worry about it. There's a great chance that God is the one who's facilitating that. There's a great chance that he has you in somewhat of a financial holding place because he's attempting to do something in your mind and in your heart. And uh, hopefully throughout the course of this message, you'll discover what that is. But let me ask you this. What if God gave you the greatest promise, the biggest dream ever tonight? But what he didn't tell you was that it's going to take 13 years for that thing to come to pass. He did it to Joseph. He did it to Abraham. He did it to Noah. What if I were to tell you that, that you're in a process and that's why things are so tight financially right now. But he has every plan for you to come through it when you're led by principle and not driven by pressure. I love this scripture in Psalm. Psalm verse 37 says this verse Psalm chapter 37, verse 34 says, here it is. Let me encourage you. Put your hope in the Lord. Travels steadily along his path. He will honor you by giving you the land. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily. And eventually, he's going to give you the land. What if I were to tell you, you're in a 13-year process, in a 25-year process, and the encouragement today is to travel steadily along his path. Well, pastor, what is his path? His path is his principle. His path is his word. So whenever they got out of Egypt, God finally, for the first time in human history, gave the law. Someone say the law. The law. He finally gave them the law. And you, law sounds kind of oppressive. Law sounds kind of stringent and tough. Uh, another way you can translate the law is his commandments. That sounds kind of strong, too. The commandment, he's commanding us to do something. Another way you can translate it is his precepts or his instructions. Sounds a little better. Or his principles. So, I mean, come on, you you don't want to murder anybody. You don't want to covet. You don't want to sleep with, you know what I mean? You don't want to steal. You don't want to do that. That brings bad things into your life. These are principles The commandments are principles that lead to an abundantly blessed life. So God knew I have to instruct them in this valley so that they can come to a place of abundance. But they have to travel steadily. Every single day, they have to commit to living according to my principles. And over time, I will give them the land. But, But it's a traveling steadily. it's even when it's gray and even when it's dark and you don't feel like it, you still honor God and you still trust God and you still worship God because one day you're going to come out better on the other side. And so the Bible says travel steadily. And so for me personally, I've been in a season of prayer and, and, and the primary thing I've been praying is Lord, give me an enduring spirit. Give me a patient spirit. Help me not, help me not look at the, the success of others and, 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 and be be drawn or driven by where they may be or, or where, where I, I assume that they may be. But give me a steadfast, a steady, a patient, a content spirit. Amen. Just help, help me be present today. I'm, I'm not on anyone else's journey. I'm not on anyone else's timeline. And I know you're a good God and I know you got great things, greater things promise. Just help me be present right now. I'm only 36, but if I travel steady, where can I be by the time I'm 39? Let's go. If I travel steadily according to your principle, what, what does 45 look like? What does 50 look like? What what does 55 look like? What does 60 look like? It, it's having a it's having a patient spirit, not getting outside of yourself, but just just falling in love with Jesus and staying pure and, and living righteous, you know, and having hope in the Lord and not giving up when it gets tough, but just traveling steady because I know you got some big plans. Can y'all celebrate this? Are you here today? Travel steady. We need a steady spirit. We need a steady, steady spirit. So here it is. God's principles over time lead to prosperity. That's the big takeaway there. God's principles key over time. Over, someone say over time. Because you're like, man, we did the church. We we came to Jesus. We did the Jesus thing for a month, and it didn't work. Let me tell you why it didn't work. Because <laughs> the Bible teaches that when you came to Christ, you stepped out of the kingdom of darkness, and you entered the kingdom of light. That's right. So now Satan is, is like, like, holding you by the shirt from behind, trying to prevent you from moving forward. So spiritually, it's gotten tougher because now you really belong to God. And now it's game on. But it doesn't mean you're not winning. It doesn't mean you're not moving forward. But it's a matter of of perspective and it's a matter of saying, I'm I'm still going to honor God, though it's tough. Because over time, it brings prosperity in my life. Bring, and i wouldn 't teach anything i haven't lived through i wouldn 't teach anything i haven't i 'm not living through right now, but all I know is to love God and honor God and trust god and and do what he says and i 've seen it season after season abundance and blessing and more 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 abundance, and blessing and more. abundance of blessing and more. And it leads to prosperity. I know a lot of people, oh, this is a prosperity church. You're right, because God's a God of prosperity. It's a God word, is it? It's in the scripture, right? God made up the word prosperity. But let me help you with a definition. It simply means that God, when God prospers you, he puts his supernatural hand on the small of your back and he pushes you forward. When, when you follow his principles in, in every season, he nudges you for it. He nudges you for it. He, he and he's seeing how, how are they stewarding those tough seasons? Because if they don't steward them well, I'm going to remove my hand. I'm here, but I can't push them forward because they haven't matured. Because it was really sent to mature you. Yeah, right? Okay, they've matured through it. Next season. Next level. Uh, they complaining. They're getting tired. Let me just give them a little strength. Okay. All right. Let me push them forward. That's what it means to prosper you. So let me give you some perspective for the tough season. God is, he's trying to nudge you forward. He's trying to nudge you, trying to nudge you forward. So today I want to give you three financial principles, how to get out of a financial valley. So this isn't the list, like it's a list, right? I had a list of five. I took off two. And um, we're going to be talking about these things for the next 30 years. So I didn't, this is not the list. This is a list from the Lord for you this week. Let me give you three financial principles. Here it is. Number one, do excellent work. Do excellent work. I mean, especially if you're a follower of Christ, you've been saved. Heaven is your home baptized by the spirit. The Bible says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Let's go to work. Let's do excellent work. Let's let's do excellent work. And and with with every principle, I'm going to give a proverb, at least one proverb, because Proverbs is the book of God's wisdom. So I'm going to attach a proverb, and we're going to study the Bible together. Fair deal? All right. Proverbs 24, verse 30 says this. I walked by the fill of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds and its walls were broken down. Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. So some translations say I got this revelation. That means God opened my mind to understand this about lazy people. All right. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then, someone say then. then. Here's the result of it. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So sometimes, here it is, guys. It's not a money problem. It's a work ethic problem. Come on. Come on. Sometimes it's not a money problem. It's, it's a work ethic problem. There are currently almost 10 million jobs available in America. And there are only 5.8 million able-bodied people who don't have jobs in America, but there are twice as many jobs available. They just won't work. So there's money out there. There's money to be made. You just got to watch the excuses. There's another proverb that says, um, uh, the food has been prepared for the lazy person, but the lazy person is too lazy to lift their hands to feed themselves. So I want to encourage you, believer. Uh, if you're not a believer, I'm not talking to you today, but you can be encouraged. I want to encourage the believer, be on time. Let, let's be on time to work. Let, let, let's, be, let's be 10 minutes early. When we get there, let's have a good attitude. Let's, let's put in excellent work. Let's, um, let's always do your best. You may not be the best by the world standard, but you know that when you clock out, I I gave it, I gave it my best. And here's another one. Let's treat people well. This is how you do excellent work. Treating your, your, your supervisor. Well, treating your employees. Well, treating your clients. Well, you know, I was raised by uh, he's 85. I was raised by an older man. And he said, son, if you ever get a, a job where you're taking someone's money, make sure you say, thank you. It's just common. It's just people skills. Someone say people skills. skills. If you need a definition, people skills are uh, an effective and friendly way to communicate with people. Effective and friendly way to communicate. And we've lost those people skills. Because I don't have all the money in the world. And I never know who I'm going to meet tomorrow morning at work. They may have more than me. There, there, there's possibly a door that they can open for me, but if my attitude's not intact, yeah. if I have no honor, if I'm just kind of, uh, yeah. kind of lazy, lazying around, it's kind of like my wife. She was, um, you know, spraying the the, the uh, yard yesterday, and she she was pulling the the you know the hose, and she was like, "Give me some more slack," and so I'm like, she's like, "Give me some more slack," I'm like, <laughs> gave her some slack, you no. Know? Fifty percent of y'all missed that. OK, so so you want you want to um, you want to you want to treat people well. It's, it's vital. Andrew Carnegie was a, a steel guru in, in the late 1800s. He was at one point the richest man in America. And um, he oversaw, you know, steamboats and the, and the railway and all that stuff. And um, he caught wind of a, of a young man named Charles Schwab. And Charles Schwab, at the age of 18, started out as a stakes driver. So he started out outside in the sun, driving the stakes, getting those, you know, the rails down, right, in in the ground. And so over the years, he was promoted because he had developed this reputation of being pleasing to people. Like Everyone loved being around Charles because he was nice, he was kind, he was honorable. They just loved—so he would go from stakes driver to to manager to general manager to region director. And one day, Carnegie himself caught wind of Schwab when Schwab was around 29 years old. And so Carnegie promoted Schwab to, like, president of the entire deal. And so back in this day, he paid him $75,000— a year, which was a lot of money in the late 1800s, he paid him $75,000 for the work he did. But every year he gave him a $1 million bonus for how he treated people. How many blessings have we missed having a nasty attitude? It's a direct hit on your finances. It's a principle. Someone say principle. principle. It's a principle. You treat people well, they will treat you well. Yes. You, you, you know, I've been in, personally, I've been in rooms I shouldn't be in simply because I'm nice to everyone. I'm nice to everyone. I may seem mean sometime when I preach, it's because I love you, and a good pastor's not always going to tell you what you want to hear, but one-on-one... It's about being nice. Someone say be nice. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. nice. It's a principle in life. It says this here, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. So what does that mean? That means hard workers will always be promoted. People will come in with a grateful attitude, do excellent work. They don't cut corners. God God is watching and he's going to put you on the heart of your supervisor And when they think about that promotion, you're the first person they're going to, because you brought that attitude, you brought that work ethic, and the lazy person who complains and doesn't want to be there, they're going to always be under somebody. That's what the Bible is saying. Number two, second principle is pursue higher education. We talked about this last week. So God's on to something. Whenever God is emphatic about something or he repeats something, lean into that. Pursue. uh, This is this isn't a consideration anymore. This is a principle. Pursue higher education. Okay. Here it is. It is better to be wise than strong. Intelligence outranks muscle any day. There's a. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. It is better to be wise than strong. Intelligence outranks muscle any day. I think you can be strong and intelligent, but you know what I mean. You pump your iron if you want to; it's fine. If not, it's cool too. There's a news outlet in um, Utah called Deseret News, and they released an article December of 2021, and it had a, a two-part title. So the first part was question form, and the question was this: Is the American dream dead? And the American dream is, you know, coming to America and And working hard, succeeding, having financial margin, being able to do the things that you want to do. That's why a lot of people come to America. Is the American dream dead? And then the sentence following that was, um, not for Indian Americans. Not for Indian Americans. And so, it made me do a little bit uh, more deeper, you know, a deeper dig into it. And so, I started to look up um, earnings of ethnic groups. And many Indian Americans are— You know, immigrants, they migrated over, I would say, within the past 50 to 100 years. They haven't been here too long. We're not just talking about the natives. We're talking about people from India, per se. But earnings of ethnic groups, on average, Indian Americans, uh, median household income, we can pull it up, 133,000. Asian Americans, 98,000. White Americans, 86,000. Hispanic Americans, 60,000 black Americans, 53,000 per household. And so just looking at that, when I study, I study the best, you know, I I try to figure out, well, why, why is that group up top? Why is that a thing? I think you don't just know something. I think you dig into it. The Bible says God conceals a matter. Kings search it out. So if you want to be king, this is a revelation. If you want to be king or queen status, you get educated on it. You search a thing out, God will conceal it. So, I'm wondering why are Indian Americans killing the game? And one of the reasons is because 70% of Indian Americans that are over the age of 25 have at least a bachelor's degree. At least. Someone say at least. At least. 70%. And then 87% of Indian households are two-parent households. So there's something there with regards to, you know, challenge and support and strength. And, you know, I read some of the the bad parts about it, too. But there's something there about having parents in a challenge to get education. And then if you would do the research, the inverse is true. So and and everything in between. So um, black Americans, 25 years and older, uh, 28 percent bachelors and higher. So, the inverse math is true. So, there's a connection there, right? Like we said last week, the, the higher the education, the higher the compensation. So, it's not dead. It's actually available to everybody. But it all depends on how high you, you want to go. Um, Harsh Goinga, he's the chairman of um, RPG Enterprises. It's, it's a large, multi-billion dollar um, company infrastructure, tech, uh, pharmaceuticals, he, he, pharmaceuticals. He's an Indian gentleman. And he said the reason why we're so prosperous in America is because four things, you can write these things down. Number one, we value education. He said we work really hard. We're frugal spenders. And we go for the highest paying jobs, IT, engineering, and medicine. He said that's why Indian Americans are thriving in America. So this is still the land of opportunity. And I want to encourage you with this. God has given you the ability to learn at the highest level. So even if you're a hairdresser or or a nail tech or or you own your own lawn company, maybe you're you're just purely operating through talent right now and just sheer strength. What happens? What would happen if you're to educate yourself? Get a business degree. Get some kind of certificate. Stop doing all the work by yourself and, and get some employees under you. Think about this. God gave you a mind. And are you living under your learning potential? Is your phone getting too much of your mind? Are video games or the TV entertainment, is it getting too much of your mind? But you find yourself in this constant cycle of financial worry. It's because God put a million dollars right here. And and a lot of us, we're not utilizing it. But I want to encourage you. God has given you the ability to learn at the highest level. And it's all throughout scripture. People that God caught were not stupid people. They were not monks. They were not in the woods. They weren't always praying uh, all the time. No, people people that you find as heroes in the scriptures hit the books. They hit the books. I'll show you. As a matter of fact, Daniel and his friends were exiles. They were exiled from Jerusalem, taken to Babylon because the people of God had turned away from God. But God will always leave a remnant that's ready to move to the top. A remnant means uh, uh, he always leaves some people who are ready to, to to glorify him. And it says this here in Daniel 117, God made, someone say made. made. So he gave them the ability to 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 learn all manner and all, all, all manner of literature. The four young men smart and wise. They read a lot of books and became well educated. And by the time Daniel was in his mid thirties, he was the most powerful man in Persia. Started out as a slave. Started out as nothing. But by the time he's in his mid thirties, the Persian king gives him control over the entire country because of education. Moses, how about the great deliverer? How, how about the, the, the author of the law, Moses, this man who's been dead for what? Almost 3,000 and a half years right now. And we still read his writings. We still live according to Moses' principles. Moses was not just some backwoods guy in the back of an alley, some, some lame. No, Moses was highly educated. Moses was educated in the synonymous of the Harvard, Harvards of Egypt. So God had to take a smart man so that he could write the Torah because a stupid man, excuse my French, could not do that. He, he would not have the weight or the capacity to write the law. So God had to find a genius, a well-educated man to write the... <laughs> Moses was a doctor. It says this here. Moses was, at Acts 7, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. Being a weak Christian is an oxymoron And being an uneducated one should be too. And I'm not saying everyone is destined for a PhD or masters, but remaining ignorant is not an option if you're a Christian. We're strong. We're the best of the best. We've been sitting here on an assignment. On, on. We've been sitting here on an assignment) Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians so that he could go back to Egypt and free his people wow, wow. someone say wow. wow gold there is and rubies in abundance but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel so what is the Bible saying there's plenty of money there's plenty of money And most of it will go to those who have rare knowledge. Let me break it down a little bit more. Common wages for common knowledge. Uncommon wages for uncommon knowledge. So if everyone knows the same thing, we'll just throw them a little minimum wage. Throw them a little extra $5 on top of minimum wage. But when you start to go up degrees, the word degree in the, in the uh, Latin means a step up. This is why that, that, that list last week, you remember the list? The higher the degree, the more the pay. There's a, a new dimension you enter every degree that you earn. And the higher you go in a, in a degree, the less people know what you know. So the more resource goes to you because you know more than the normal person. So here, let me, let me put it this way. If you know what most don't know, you will make what most don't make. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. If you know what most don't know, you will make what most don't make. And don't sit here and look at me like that, like you don't care about this. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you Let's go. that it's not a matter of your prayer life wow. or tithing, <laughs> even though that's the last point, or tithing or fasting, or coming to church, or or being. No, sometimes it's a matter of you need to know more. You need that degree. You need that certificate so doors can open, and so you can tap into resource that is not being latched on to. So pursue higher education. It's it's a principle. It's in the Word. Someone say the the Word. God loved us enough to put it there. Number three, honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. And this is honestly where it starts. I want it to land here, but this is honestly the beginning of financial freedom and prosperity. It says this here, and I can say prosperity because I'm going to prove it. Here it is. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Here it is. Then someone say, then Then. there's always a then that's the principle too, right? You, you, you sow and you reap. That's the principle, right? Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Number three is honor the Lord. That, that word there best in the text means first. And, and honestly, this is where it starts, right? So, so, so I'm, I'm bringing my first or my tithe to God through my local church. And when I bring my every time I get paid, not once a month, not six. months, No, every time I I receive increase. Right. Every time that harvest comes in that paycheck, I'm bringing my best to God. Then he will fill the bank account. Then he will fill the fridge. It's a spiritual principle. It's a kingdom principle that God honors. And when I'm bringing the tithe, what I'm saying is, Lord, you're the source of all blessing. Lord, my dependence is not in the economy. It's not in my job. It's not in my spouse. It's not in my savings account. It's not even in my strength. I depend on you. And so when I bring the tithe, this is me saying, I trust you that that you're going to continue to to provide. And, And the Bible says that when you tithe, the Malachi says, when you tithe, God releases a blessing. Every time you tithe, he releases a blessing from heaven. Sometimes that blessing is the strength to finish this semester. Or it's a door open. You never know what it is, but it starts with honoring the Lord, giving weight to the Lord over all of your finances. So let me help you do math because I've been very clear in this season. If you make a million dollars a year, a hundred thousand belongs to the church. And God sees that. And he honors it. If you make $4,000 every check, 400 every time you get paid, I'm going to give it. It all belongs to him. But all he's saying is give me the best part. Because I want to I get behind you and I want to nudge you for it. I, w- I want to prosper your life. And then the favor and the blessing of God will. In fact, I promise you it will. It'll rest on you. You think you're making something now? You think that little 200, 300 you tithing is? No, 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 no. God, 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 <laughs> God can do it like this, Aunt. In, in, in the future, you can tithe what you currently make. But are you tithing every time you get paid on what you make now? Are you educating yourself? Or are you doing excellent work? See, don't God move your life forward in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Let's put our hands together for, I promise you, he will.